May the grace, mercy, and peace of God still our tongues, quiet our hearts, and rest upon each and every one of us today. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, my you mothers, you fathers, children, grandparents, retired pastors, and all of you who are watching online today, I stand before you today as a, a human being, just like each and every one of you. I'm supposed to be a pastor, and I wish I could say that I was a perfect pastor, but I'm not. I'm supposed to be a Christian, and I wish I could say that I was a perfect Christian, but I'm anything but. What I can tell you with a great deal of certainty is that at times, I'm like a massive ship whose rudder's broken, who goes off course. I'm like a wild horse who's unbridled, running around, putting other people at danger. Apparently, James tells me that I have a tongue that's capable of setting all of nature on fire. Now, I'm not a Marvel comic character. I'm not a superhero. But I'm just like you. I'm like anyone else. I'm a human being. Being human. Filled with sin and in need of forgiveness. And I tell you all this today because... It's not something, I'm not saying this because I'm trying to be self-deprecating or fishing for sympathy or I'm telling you anything that you don't already know. <laughs> what I am telling you is because as I was confronted with this text from James, this epistle of straw as Martin Luther once called it, I was confronted with the very dangerous reality that Satan spares no one. That there isn't one person on this earth aside from Christ that isn't susceptible to laying waste with tongues of fire, all that is good and right and salutary. And I know this because somewhere between here, where we do all of our thinking, and here, where we have most of our emotions, somewhere between here and here is when those thoughts and those emotions come together. And they form something that rises up in our throat and spews forth by our tongues. And it's not always positive. Sometimes those reactions that come out of our mouths are positive. But other times, they're filled with anger and rage and violence. Sometimes they're filled with false teachings and false ideologies because we so strongly believe in something that we can't see that it's wrong. And so I stand here today and I ask all of us this. Are we ready to embrace the silence? to push aside our thoughts and our feelings and let God's Word bridle our tongues? Let God's Word rest upon us and, and guide our thoughts and direct us and tame us? Because allowing ourselves to be tamed before the Lord is something that we must all be willing to embrace. To embrace so that we can live together, that we can unite together to advance the Gospel. Whether that's together as friends, or in our family units, or dare I say, even as a church body. And it's interesting how this tongue that gives us the sense of taste, that helps us to swallow, this tongue is also instrumental in helping us to form our speech, to form our communications. It may not be the strongest muscle in the body, but I might contend that it's the most powerful and certainly the hardest member of the body to control, or should I say the hardest to tame? 
As James writes today, he addresses those common issues in life like patience and Christian conduct. He tells the brothers that not everybody should be a teacher amongst them, as they should well know that those who teach will be evaluated in the strictest of standards. I thought about that in light of what I should be doing in all my vocations, and what did I come to the reality that I fall far short? But thankfully, James reminds me that I'm not alone in this struggle, that we all stumble in our ways. And I reflected on this too, and I was reminded of a time when I was driving to church one Sunday morning with one of my children. Somebody cut us off, and before I could even get the words of rage out of my mouth, my child told them off for me. And I looked over at my child, and I, I wanted to scold him, but then I came to the realization that my child thought that that was okay because of what my child saw their parent doing. What was I teaching my child in that moment in time? What have I taught them all along? And what are we teaching each other in the ways that we react to things, in the ways that we speak with our mouths? We all have our own ways in which we stumble. James reminds us that if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, also able to bridle his whole body. I don't know about you, but I can't bridle my own tongue most of the time, nevertheless, my whole body. And this isn't just my problem. This is a general human condition that each and every one of us struggles with. So James gives us a few metaphors today to deal with it that relates to this small member of our body, the tongue. And the tongue James speaks of relates to the power of human communication. Each metaphor then describes a, uh, a different aspect of the tongue. First metaphor relates to how a rider controls a horse by putting a bridle in his mouth. And when he's able to do so, he's able to steer that horse wherever he wants the horse to go. The second metaphor seems simple enough. It relates to a, a, a rudder controlling a ship. And the captain and the rudder and the ship then are well, I guess they're essentially uh, similar in, to the rider and the bridle on the horse. However, in this metaphor with a ship, we see that there's outside external forces that can also push a ship off course, like the wind and the waves. And so even having a small rudder, then uh, a, a boat can be affected by nature unless the captain of the ship has control of that rudder. And let me get to the third metaphor. And that deals with something totally different than the first two. This deals with an out-of-control tongue. The first two metaphors deal with the tongue as a tool that helps control the body. But here we see this metaphor, the tongue now is an agent of destruction. The fire in this metaphor starts out small. Notice that? It starts out small, but eventually sets all of life ablaze. And it finds its origins in hell. As James uses these three metaphors, he drives home a point that we might easily miss. And that's this, that we should not easily dismiss the slip-up of a tongue. Yes, James points out that we all stumble, but he urges us to use what? Great caution before we open our mouths. Because saying the wrong things, even the slightest way, can have great, great consequences. And all three of these metaphors show that something so small can do such large things and cause great harm. 
Not always necessarily good things either, right? Or, or cause great things. And if we take James at his word, then we might be led to think that the tongue is then the worst part of our bodies. Maybe we need to get rid of it. That's not what James is saying either. He's simply saying that we need to use great caution. Great caution before we let our tongue start controlling our thoughts and our emotions. James then says that every man can tame every animal on earth, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil, full of deadly poison. My friends, the tongue is nothing more than a member of our bodies. Who we let control our tongues says a lot about who we are. It's not necessarily the most evil thing in our bodies, but it becomes evil when we let Satan control our thoughts and our ways. When we don't bridle our tongues with the Word of God, that's when it becomes dangerous. That's when it becomes like this great flamethrower that torches everything in its path. Apparently, though, James tells us that the tongue isn't always bad, does he? <laughs> he does tell us that with it, we bless our Lord and Father. <laughs> but then he's quick to say, and with it, we also curse people who were made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and curse. And this shouldn't be so. He's right. It shouldn't be so. But that's the reality we live in, isn't it? The tension that we live in constantly. And curse isn't always something just anger brings forth. Curse can also be bad theology, bad ideologies, false teachings. And while James is speaking of the tongue, which would reference spoken communication, we should also not dismiss this warning to the point, that point only, of oral communication. We should also look at communication in our body actions, in the things that we say in social media, that we write down in letters, any way that we choose to communicate. We need to think before we communicate. And we should communicate carefully. See, this is one of the problems I have with uh, text messaging, social media, Facebook, writing letters, emails. Those things are all great tools when they're used in the right manner. However, what I have a problem with is you can't read the tone of somebody's language, can you? You can't see somebody's animations or hear the tone of their voice in these things. And they become dangerous tools because what you see often so happen is that they inflame and they incite rioting. And you know why? Because it's easy for somebody to hide behind those tools. It's a whole lot different story when you're face-to-face -face with somebody, isn't it? I find it a whole lot easier to yell at a, at a referee on a football game while I'm watching on TV. Because as my wife reminds me, I don't know why you're doing it. You can't, they can't hear you anyways. But it makes me feel better. <laughs> Not necessarily. All I've done is just <sighs> exhausted myself. Find myself saying things that shouldn't be said and upsetting all those around me. So yeah, you can't, you can't control these things. We get in fits of rage and we just let things overtake us to the detriment of those around us. The fact of the matter is that no matter how we choose to communicate, we've got to do so 
carefully. Because to do so otherwise, we can start a fire that will rage, far-fetching, far-reaching. So James finishes off with a couple of metaphors that relate to fruit, with each fruit producing only one kind of fruit. And not any kind of fruit, but good fruit. This relates to the believer who is seen as a double talker. And James is correct. This shouldn't be so. Reality or not. We shouldn't be let off the hook for the way we wildly communicate at times. We shouldn't easily dismiss a slip of the tongue because to do so would make us, what? Lukewarm Christians. Revelation 3 says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. This is a reality. We're called to speak the words of life. The words of life that God has given to us as His children. Being Christians means having self-control, and that includes our tongues, our communications. And there's only one way to tame our tongues, and that's submitting to the Word of Christ, the Word of God. While the, the words that we communicate are often predicated on our own rationale or our own feelings, usually directed by our tempers and our emotions that day, God communicates us truth and love and life. God's words speak love and life. Jesus, the Word, casts out demons of possessed people. He speaks life into that child who, who looked like a corpse, who He simply raised out and touched and raised off the ground and made whole again. He speaks words to each and every one of us in the waters of baptism. Washing away our sins, cleansing us, giving us the Holy Spirit to direct our tongues, to guide us through life, and to guide us into the callings that we have as His people. And what are the words that we're supposed to direct to people in life? The Gospel, because that's what God communicates to us. I love you. You, and you, and you, and you, and you, and even me. He loves us all because we're His children. And He calls us forth to take this Word of God into a community that so desperately needs it. To go to that person who's broken. That person who's mourning the loss of a loved one. To go to that person who's at, riddled with addiction. To the person who's being oppressed. And to speak the words of life. That's what we're to communicate. That's who we are. That's what God communicates to us. So whatever we may be thinking here or feeling here, unless it aligns with Scripture, may it remain silent. Bridled with the Word of God, then our lives cannot help but communicate both in word and deed the love and life that God declares. And may it be so. And to God be all the glory. Amen.